0: Tell me anything. Hey, it's your man, Bens Forever, thinking out loud. How's everybody doing this evening? I hope everybody is doing wonderful. As we enter 4th of July, we have um, police shortage. It's been a problem since the beginning of 2023, police shortage. Well, probably earlier than that, but I know for sure that it's a major police shortage shortage in mostly all of the major cities in America. The suburbs, small towns, all of it. Nobody don't really want to be a police officer no more. And, you know, you can't go past the point that they don't even get paid that much. So you're putting your life on the line for what, thirty thousand dollars at starting? And that's nothing. You might as well work at Walmart, right? I mean, those are the facts. Austin police took five phone calls before responding to a home where elderly woman elderly woman had been dead for two days. A retired cop who found the body of a woman in the backyard of a home after she been after she's been dead for two days said he called Austin Police five times before getting a response. All right. The unsettling details were described in a letter sent by retired Austin Police Officer Robert A. Gras to the office of Mayor Kirk Watson and shared on Twitter by fellow retired Officer Dennis Ferris. A lot of correspondence there. Uh, Gras, who served with the Austin Police Department, between 1975 all the way to 2002, had been checking on the elderly couple from time to time, according to Farish. In his letter, Mr. Grouse said he attempted to contact 911 on June 18 concerning a deceased person four or five times before sending his wife to the nearest fire station to respond and have them contact Austin Police Department. All right, so, um, I mean, these these are happening everywhere. Per state law, police are required to respond any time a death is reported. Deaths, even those unintended, are regarded as suspicious until police give the okay for the bodies to be released to medical examiners fire crew's EMS responded within minutes as Gross was still waiting for 911 to answer I finally got a response after 17 minutes and 22 seconds with public safety already on scene Mr. Gross said in his letter Gross has gone to check on the elderly couple and found the wife dead in the backyard and the husband sitting on the couch in the living room staring at a blank wall with no support The husband had had a recent hospitalization and head surgery and could have been on a second victim. Uh, When um, elderly couples are that vulnerable in that type of state, they're supposed to have a caregiver. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be. Because when when the elderly are that vulnerable where they can't really take care of themselves like that, it's like, ain't it mandatory for them to have a caregiver? I mean, I believe that's how it's supposed to be done. I'm not sure if that's like a legislated, le- legislation for like older people, but I believe if you are a person that has some type of compassion or morale uh, is supposed to be a caregiver because elderly's as soon as they get vulnerable and they have um, a lot of medical conditions they're supposed to be a caregiver that's how I believe it's supposed to be done that's just how I feel I could be wrong but I feel like once an elderly is vulnerable and vulnerable to all types of Medical conditions; they supposed it should it should be a caregiver in the premises at every given time. Uh, All right. The EMS and the fire department for Austin were shocked but not surprised that 911 had not answered even when they were on hand and still waiting for a response. The city of Austin has failed to maintain one of its own, one of its primary responsibilities to provide adequate public safety response to the citizens that's elected them. (laughs) And these are things that I'll be talking about all of the time. News sources contacted the Austin Police Department and the mayor's office for comment, but received no response. I don't even know why they tried. The department has fewer sworn officers than it did 15 years ago despite a boom in population in the texas state capital over the past two decades struggles to hire new talent and hold on to existing officers stretched back several years and became most acute in august 2020 when austin city council voted to cut the police budget by almost a third to reimagine public safety Staffing shortages have impacted 911 call centers. In April, it was reported that sergeants were filling in as 911 call takers to ensure that emergencies could be tended to in a timely manner. Also, the police officers was being 911 um, dispatches because there was having shortage of 911 uh, people personnel at the um, centers. I didn't know that. The big picture on this shows that you have people who don't want to come to work for Austin. They don't want to come work at Austin's 911 center and be a police dispatcher or they don't want to work for the police department, the Austin police department because of the feeling and the perception that the political leaders in this city don't support them, Mr. Ferris told news sources. Austin police partner uh, Austin Police Department partnered with the Texas Department of Safety in March. Are they partnering? uh, Hold on. The uh, Austin Police Department partnered with the Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, Remember I told you guys a hundred times that I do this on the um, Pro Tools. So when the track board runs out of um, time, I got to go to another track, so I might repeat myself a lot, so don't get mad, at least the transparency is there for you, so you can understand what I'm saying, because I just don't talk, 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 and run through what I'm saying, I'm going to reiterate and keep repeating till you get it, all right, back to what, back to the matter at hand, all right, uh, they partnered with the Texas Department of Public Safety, which is like the state troopers and stuff like that. In March, after the city's policies resulted in an increase of crimes, the partnership was paused in May before resuming last month. All of this is happening because the budget was cut, and Austin is not the only city that's going through this. There's a lot of cities. I know for a fact Harris County is going through the same thing. I know for sure that it is. Chicago, New York City, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what New York City is doing with their money. To be honest with you, I really don't know what they're doing with their money. Because they got a lot of problems in New York City and Manhattan. There's a lot of constructions that's, like, desperately needed in Manhattan. And the surrounding boroughs. But I have no idea, no clue what the New York City is doing with their money. Uh, Florida, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is desperately under resources like they are in a, I would say, in a state of emergency. Uh, California, I could say, yeah, of course. They low on police. It's just the whole country. You know what I'm saying? These these um, reports, I have no idea why the media sweep this under the rug but this is something that people need to be concerned about and this is the lowest lowest um uh, military recruits they, there's nobody joining in the military this is the lowest it's ever been they can't get nobody to join the military at this point in time it says a lot this says a lot about what's going on in the country. And then they had they had something on television today. I I think CNN or Fox News. They had like a um trans, um, gender, thing going on with the military. There was like a bunch of transgenders that was joining in. Uh, like I said, it shows you a lot. I have no issues with it, but hey. That speaks volumes, if you ask me. Let's see what else they got. Let's see what else they got. I don't report too much politics. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Boston serial rape suspect. Alleged crimes highlight secret pass. Y'all probably want to listen to that. All right, let's see. Okay, a Boston serial rape suspect, Matthew Nilo, hid dark secrets and double life as fiance. As a fiance, I guess, a New Jersey-based lawyer recently accusing of sexually assaulting or raping at least eight different women in the Boston area between 2007 and 2008, appeared to be living a double life for years after the alleged attacks. FBI Boston special agent in charge, Joe Bonavantana, Bonavanta, Bonavanta, you know, I'm, I'm bad at pronouncing these people's names, said in May that Nilo's arrest was the direct result of the FBI's use of investigative genetic genealogy, which he described as a unique method used to generate new leads in unsolved sex assaults homicides, and other violent crimes. After more than 16 years, authorities were able to link Nilo's DNA to DNA found at the various crime scenes in Boston and Charlestown, where Nilo is accused of assaulting eight women between 2007 and 2008. The double life comes with the territory. Forensic psychologist Chris Mahandi told news sources of the possibility that Nilo may have continued about his life normally after allegedly assaulting various women when he was 19 years old or 20 years old. This new DNA technology has unlocked the door to identifying suspects that otherwise would not have been identified. In the years after 2008, Nilo, went on to get his bachelor's degrees from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and worked two years as a paralegal before moving on to the University of San Francisco School of Law. From there, Nilo worked at the Clyde and Company law firm in San Francisco, Ethereal Law in New York City, and finally at Cowbell Cyber in New York. According to his Link, uh, Link, how you call this? Lincoln, Lincoln Page? Or Linked, Linked L N Page? I don't know what that is. It's L-I-N-K-E-D-L-N Page. The suspect apparently got engaged just weeks before his arrest, according to his social media, keeping in mind that Nilo is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Mohandi said the idea of a criminal suspect leading a double life is common. All right? The, they could be a police officer. They could be a pastor in a church. They could be a teacher. They could be a homeless person. They could be all walks of life, Mr. Mohandi said. But the core of it is that they are living a double life because they are concealing this offending and they are engaging in it, which is true. The forensic psychologist added that when the urge to reoffend becomes stronger and the opportunity to reoffend presents itself, criminals might pre-plan a legal activity. There's a presumption that on the surface of a person who seems who seems live a lifestyle of employment, of advanced education. Alright, let me do that again. Remember, remember I told you I use Pro Tools to record my stuff. Alright, let me do it again for you so you know so I won't lose everybody. There's a presumption that on the surface of a person who seems live a who seems to live a lifestyle, you know, there was a, a typo there, who seems to live a life, a lifestyle of uh employment who seems to live a lifestyle of employment of advanced education that somehow that is cap inca- incompatible with continued offending and we don't know that to be the case he said if indeed this is a person that is ultimately found criminally responsible we don't know that there aren't other victims which is why they are looking every place that he's ever been or visited to see if there's any other case that fits similar patterns. Okay, so um, the FBI, uh, Mr., I forgot what his name, Muhammad Nami, I don't know, Mahandi is explaining that a person could live a regular life. It could be a police officer or whatever like that. It's basically, uh, uh, how you call it, everybody's not perfect. Everybody got like a little thing to them. You see what I'm saying? So with this particular person right here, Mr. Nilo, he has like a, a another side to him. You know what I'm saying? It's almost schizophrenic, almost schizophrenic behavior, damn near. So he has another side to it. So when that opportunity presents itself, that sides come out that behavior comes out and it's not just mr nilo i would say this happens to everybody see what i'm saying there's some people who who has a behavior but they suppress it or they just throw it away by living one main life you get what i'm saying that's everybody it's not there's nobody excluded from this conversation that's everybody like if there's people that could live a double life if they can't suppress this bad behavior this demonic spirits demonic spirit because we all fighting demons you see what i'm saying but if you don't find your way to like figure out how to like control yourself or manage your uh anger you know anger management Or if you have a drug problem, if you don't find a way to suppress that behavior, like, oh, I need to stop doing drugs, or I need to stop hanging around, hanging out with these crowd of people that's not bad, that's bad for me, that's not conducive to me, and stuff like that. If you don't find a way to, like, you know, eradicate that bad behavior, then, and And you one of those guys that's just being fake about it. Okay, I'm going to just go to school. And then every time that nasty opportunity presents itself, then the other side come out. It's almost like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, almost. You see what I'm saying? That's what basically what the um, FBI agent is explaining over here. Serial offenders, he said tend to keep offending until they get caught, even if they have cooling periods in between offenses, either because they think authorities are on their trail or because they might simply be busy with other relationships that are preoccupying them, like I was said earlier. But when push comes to shove, these urges, they don't go away, Mr. Mahandi said. Nilo was initially charged with three counts of aggravated rape, two counts of kidnapping, one count of assault with attempt to rape, and one count of indecent assault and battery. On Tuesday, a Suffolk County, Massachusetts grand jury indicted Nilo on seven additional charges, including one count of rape one count of aggravated rape, three counts of assault with attempt to rape, and two counts of indecent assault and battery. All right, all right, all right. Mr. Nino denies all of the allegations, including the latest charges. His attorney, Joseph Cataldo, told news sources, you can expect both a legal and factual challenge to the government case. Alright, Nilo was fitted for a GPS monitor and released on $500,000 bail from the Suffolk County, that's in New Jersey County Jail, on June 15th, following his arraignment and a bail hearing. The suspect's next court appearance in Suffolk County is scheduled for July 13th. One of his accusers, Larry Pinkham, told reporters on June 15th before his release that she feared Nilo could be a danger to the community if he is allowed out on bail. Mrs. Pinkham, who said she was working as a bar manager in Cambridge at the time of the 2007 attack, alleged that Nilo forced her into a vehicle at gunpoint near a government center in downtown Boston. Cataldo questioned what he describes as the suspicious nature in which the DNA was recovered. But we'll get to that in due course, in comments to reporters at the Suffolk County Superior Court on June 15th. Suffolk County, doctor, I believe that's New Jersey, but they're trying to make it look like it's Boston. I guess it is Boston, but I remember there was a Suffolk County in New Jersey. and I think there's a Suffolk County in Long Island too, I'm sure i'm not sure though but you know i'm not about to look this all up uh yeah they got like this new technology on um, genie genie there's like a dna thing that they have i forgot how you say it. genetic gene genealogy That's, like, a new thing that the forensic specialists are using to, like, correlate all of the um, criminal activities with Mr. Nilo, you know? But, like I said, there's people that do things, and you gotta pay attention. You got to pay attention to your surroundings and you got to pay attention to the person that's really next to you. I'm not trying to bring no film manga to you and stuff like that. But usually your senses, your intuition will tell you if something is wrong. And whenever your intuition is ringing in your head, you need to follow the details. You need to... um, Make sure that you cover your tracks on when you watching somebody being very suspicious around you and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Nine out of ten, if something is bothering you, that means something is wrong. You know what I'm saying? So just pay attention to the people that you're around. It could be somebody that you're in love with. You have to pay attention to them. You see what I'm saying? You got to pay attention because you don't know What's going to happen to you? Usually when a murder happens in a household, nine out of ten is the person that you're sleeping with. Nine out of ten. You could ask any law enforcement detective. You could could go research it yourself. I'm not just talking out on my ass here. I'm telling you the facts. Nine out of ten. When a murder happens within the household, nine out of ten. It's a close person, the person that lives inside of the house. Whoever that lives in that household committed that murder. That's just the facts. It's not somebody outside of the household. Somebody is most most of the times. Nine nine out of ten. So that means like ninety percent of the times. So that's somebody that's real close to you that committed the the murder and stuff like that. So you have to pay attention to your surroundings. If something doesn't make sense, you have to like follow leads. You're going to have to pay attention. You're going to be like, okay, man, what the hell going on here? Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me follow this, this person. Let me see if he's really going to work or she's really going to work. Let me follow her, man. You got to do it because people, nobody's perfect. People are very deceptive. See what I'm saying? If there's a problem between two couples and nobody's communicating something, nobody's communicating nothing, that means you're going to have to, like, do your own investigative work to see what's really going on. You see? If you're dating somebody or... Or if you if some if your significant other told him about, oh, let's go out on a boat trip, out on sea. You know, I wouldn't go out on sea if my significant other told me, Oh, you wanna go on a trip on a boat and then we having problems at home. I'm be like, What? Hell nah. And if they truly insist to do that, I'm gonna say yeah. And and, 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 and then I'm a disappear in seconds. Don't know where I went. I'm good at disappearing. I'm good at that. I will dip on you in a second, especially if we fighting a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm the type of dude that would tell my baby, "Hey, baby, I'm about to go to Walmart. You want something?" I would disappear. You will never see me again. Like I'm that type of dude. I move real quick. I'm swift. That's why. That's why a lot of people call me Batman. You know, remember how? Commissioner Gordon is trying to talk to Batman, tell him some details, and then soon Commissioner Gordon turned his head, Batman gone, he don't know where the son of a bitch went. That's how I am. I'm exactly just like that. Because I'm not finna stress over anything or nobody. I'm not that type of person. I just don't stress. I don't do stress. Stress kills. I don't mess with it, period. See what I'm saying? I will disappear on your behind. So... You know what I'm saying? So pay attention to details, especially when you're in a relationship. Like Mr. Nilo here, he looks like he's a very conservative person. You know, he went to, um, he did a lot of training, did a lot of schooling, acquired a lot of, you know, education throughout his journey in life. But he has another side to him. Um, The FBI stated. He's accused of eight different rapes you know what I'm saying? Eight different rapes, you know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, pay attention, it ain't sweet out here, it's heaven and earth, you could reiterate that yourself. This is your man, Benz Pharrell with Thinking Out Loud. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Box Benji. You can follow me on Instagram, Box Benji. That's B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I. And you can follow me on goddamn TikTok, which is underscore Murder Envy. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-E-N-V, as in Victor, I-I. Yes, double I-I. Yes, sir. And I will holler at you later with more debauchery news. One peace. Tell me anything, it doesn't matter what you go through Oh, yeah, you ain't tell me anything, and I'ma make sure I'ma do right by you oh, baby, tell me anything I'ma always come around and come and fight for you Baby, tell me I'm the king, so i for you You, looking outside. Want to make a podcast? Spotify. got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, So no matter what your setup is like, you can get started today. Then you can get it distributed, your podcast, to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take a conversation with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since i discovered Spotify for podcasters, it took my talent to a whole nother level. And I'm happy about that. I feel like I have options like video podcasts and Q&A polls that lets me be creative on another level. I highly recommend it you give it a try. Download Spotify for podcasters on your app store or go to the www.spotify.com podcasters to get started.